Check this out. Check this welcome, out. welcome to the LPA Big Show. Hockey sports, life for the adult athletes. Yeah. Powered by the Beer League Players Association. You better follow me. Follow us at BLPA Big Show on every social media outlet. Follow the crew on Twitter at Nicker Jones and Trish at Trish Dangle. Let's get it. Here we go. Here welcome. We go. To the greatest hockey show in the world. Good week, everybody. Today is Monday, August 30th. We're almost in September already, 2021. It's another Dex weekend. We're headed to Washington, D.C. this weekend, and I'm super stoked. Before we get too far into the topics today, I'm just going to say this. We had some kick-ass jerseys in Eagle River this weekend, and it pissed me off that I caught COVID and had to miss it because these were really awesome. Like they're uh, animated series beers, you know, Duff Beer, uh, Heifer, Bender Brow, and Pawtucket Patriot L. And I was really stoked for this theme. We do have some extra jerseys and people always want to buy them, but we don't like to sell them because we think that if you don't come to the tournament, you shouldn't be able to just to buy them and not come. But I do realize that some people aren't able to make the tournaments and so what I want to do is I want to give away these jerseys. I have one one of each jersey to give away, and it's going to be real easy. Here's how you're going to win it. You're going to have to share this podcast. You're, you're going to have to go to the BLPA page, not the group, the page. You're going to have to share it, and you got to tag a couple people in the comments. That way we just spread the word. I mean, this is, is this you scratch my back, I scratch your back. It's easy, right? Do that, you'll go into a drawing, and then we'll draw uh, for the four jerseys. And if you want uh, extra bonus entries, you can tweet me at Nicker Jones, and uh, we can discuss things. Maybe tweet me about Kanye. What, what you thought about the, his new album, Donda? You know, you can find me over on Instagram at Nicker Jones. Oh, Bob, sorry. The Nicker Jones and on Twitter at Nicker Jones. And you can find this show at the BLPA, the greatest group of humans ever assembled. In history, the Beer League Players Association, that's what this show is about. First, before we get going, I've got to mention the sponsors. i got to get everything out on the first this time so I can feel like I'm, I finally nailed it after so many years of doing this. This show is brought to you by thehockeywolf.com. Ow, 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 whoa! A hockey Wolf is a bunch of Beer League buttes, a lot like you, that... Uh, Wanted to find a way to make the game more affordable, so they open their own pro shop. They have one in Montana, they have one in Seattle, and they also do lacrosse. But they're finding ways to make the game more affordable with giving you good uh, prices on hockey gear, lacrosse gear, whatever kind of gear you need. Team gear, they'll get you set up, and they even have some special BLPA stuff that we don't even have. So go check them out, HockeyWolf.com. Ow, 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 ow. And also, I mentioned them last week, but I'm going to mention them again because I do think they're cool. They have some CCM gloves. They have every single state is represented. They're in state colors. They have the state seal on them. So you guys should check them out over at HockeyWolf.com. So lots of things to get to today. You know, okay, before we get into that, I want to say that we're going to interview someone that you wouldn't traditionally have on a hockey show. Because you would think it wasn't hockey when I would tell you that we're interviewing Miss Vermont on this week's show. But it is hockey related because she is 
a hockey player. She played four years of uh, ACHA uh, Division One at the University of Vermont, and she's using uh, her platform as Miss Vermont going into Miss USA uh, to to promote the game of hockey. So we need to get behind her. Uh, because we want people that uh, play hockey to be in positions where they can promote our game. Uh, so we have that. And so uh, other things to talk about, obviously, you know, electric decks is going on all the time. But I keep getting tough. Like my wife tells me, uh, Randy tells me that I share too much stuff on the podcast personal wise. But that's just that's just the way it goes. That's that's why I created a podcast because I just want to talk mainly to hear myself talk. Maybe so my mom can hear me talk. I never thought that all you guys would be listening, but you are. So I just keep going. Hey, it works. So uh, the personal thing I got to talk about is uh, I'm sitting here right now in a hotel room in Oklahoma quarantined because I got the positive test. Got old Uncle COVID. Got him. He's just he's there. He's with me. Luckily, luckily, I have very few, if any, symptoms, which is good, but still a freaky and scary ordeal. So I hope everyone's safe. I got the positive test while I was in Chicago. So we're thinking I picked it up uh, in route uh, somewhere to Chicago. Um, we can pinpoint a couple people that we where I think I think I got it, but obviously you're never going to know. Uh, but I got a positive uh, test on Friday. Uh, my wife and them were still negative. So uh, Coop and my wife got back to Canada. I obviously could not get in uh, with a positive test. So I drove to my hometown, uh, uh, Oklahoma City, more Oklahoma. Um, it took me about 11 hours from Chicago the day after I found out I was positive. I was freaked out. I was scared. Got in at like 11 uh, 15 or no, I'm sorry, 11 30, 11 45 at night and went to uh, urgent care ER and just told him, Hey, listen. I've got positive. I don't really have any symptoms, but I'm a type one diabetic. So I'm freaking out. Uh, I'm not sure what to do. I am double vaccinated. I got both of them. I'd have three or five of them if they would let me. But um, I just said, listen, I I know that you guys are doing that uh, monoclonal antibody treatment. uh, And if it's good enough for uh, the president of the United States, obviously, that's what uh, President Trump had. uh, Then it's probably good enough for the commissioner of the BLPA. And so they gave me that treatment. And so uh, luckily for me, uh, I haven't had very many symptoms. I had like a sore back uh, for a little bit and a sore shoulder. Uh, but those, those are things that hurt on me anyway. So I don't I, I don't know. But it was crazy because like I was I would have never tested if I wasn't uh, in the States with my wife and kid. And um, so what happened is like we went and got some take home tests. And on Thursday, my all of our tests were negative. And then on Friday, my wife's like, let's go test. And I got a positive. I'm like, that's weird. I don't feel crappy at all. So I took another take home and it was positive. And I was like, okay. So I went to a clinic around the street and I took two tests. I took a rapid piece, uh, sorry, rapid antigen and then a PCR that was going to take two to three days to get back to me. And the rapid antigen came back negative. So here I'm like, okay, I got positive take home. I got negative uh, antigen, like what's going on here. And then, so my wife wanted to do a rapid PCR and uh, that way if she was negative, she could just go home with coop. And so we did, and that came back positive. And I was like, okay, that's probably means I got it. But here's the kicker that PCR test that they gave me at the other place where I took the antigen and the PCR, it came back negative too. So within in a, in a span of like less than two hours, I took five tests and three were uh, three are positive, two are negative. So it just blows my mind. And then I took, obviously I took one when I came back, when I got to Oklahoma, uh, I was positive. So I've been quarantining. They say I got to go 10 days with no symptoms. So, uh, everyone be safe, get vaccinated if you can, 
if you think that's the, the, the right route for you. And hopefully we can get, get through this. I'm, I'm super happy that I didn't really have any, uh, kind of, uh, symptoms, but I'm kind of bummed that I had to miss the Chicago tournament and I'm missing Eagle river tournament going on, uh, this weekend. Cause I am recording it. I know I said it's Monday, but I'm recording on Saturday night. Uh, but anyway, that that's kind of a bummer and something else I, I gotta, I gotta talk about this Lake Louise tournament is going to be absolutely insane. Absolutely electric. And again, as we've seen so many times, uh, people that I used to be involved with, they see my ideas, the BLPA ideas, and they try to copy them, and they do copy them. Uh, it started with the mystery decks. It started with uh, the golf tournament, and now this Lake Louise thing, which is cool. Like, I guess that's the sincerest form of flattery. I mean, basically, like, it's my ideas. Uh, they're using them and not paying me, which is basically like I how it was when I worked there. So, yeah. But uh, something I want to talk about, like, you guys know what I do for a living, right? Like, obviously, uh, the commissioner of the BLPA doesn't pay, but we do do tournaments and, and a bunch of other stuff. And that's how I make my living. And th- the grind is you're always trying to promote what you're doing because I'm proud of what I'm doing. I, I, I'm proud of it. I like getting more people involved. I like having more people. So, you know, when you see competitors promoting stuff uh, and you see like things like you reach out to people like that's just the grind you reach out and you say hey we're doing this too it'd be great if you did it and I I've been doing that that's that's all I've ever known how to do and today I got back a a really shitty message and it made me think and so the shitty message uh basically said like if I wanted to be a part of your stupid groups I would why would you reach out to me like this uh this is very desperate and uh lowbrow for your second rate tournaments and you know I got to thinking um I I, I get it I maybe maybe the guy was right maybe he maybe he just was right but I I wanted to say to anyone else that I messaged that might listen might not I don't know I hope I didn't offend you and I want to get from where I'm coming from on the whole thing, you know, like I said, maybe he's right. Maybe I shouldn't do that. That's, that's the grind though. Like I've always done that. And it, you know, maybe he's supporters of, uh, you know, the group that I used to be with, which is perfectly fine. I definitely get that. And sure. I, I know they're copying me and I'll say it, but what can you really do? Like if something is good and it works, you know, then, then you copy it. And you know, I can't be mad at it. I wish they'd be original, but I just want everyone to know where it came from first. Um, but you know, you know, for this guy, like, uh, cool, maybe he's supporters of them. And like I said, Hey dude, and if anyone else is in the position, you're right. Probably. Right. But you know what? Like from my, from my point of view, when you're wrongfully terminated from a business and I was wrongfully terminated from this group, that's not my words. That's from Alberta labor standards, the government of Alberta made that ruling and they had to pay me a bunch of money. So when you're terminated from a business and they tell you that if you don't agree to not compete with them, there will be serious consequences that will make my life very difficult. Well, sometimes desperate and drastic means of providing for your family become a reality. And I don't hide the fact that this is how I provide for my wife and my four-year-old son. But you know, I like to think I'm pretty good at what I do. And if I'm not good, I really do work extremely hard, make it good. And like I said, I'm not trying to get rich. You know, these other competitors are charging like $500 a tournament. My goal was to make them more affordable, and more accessible. So more people could take a part of them. 
And you know, the thing about it is, is sure, obviously I make my living, but I really do want people to come experience this because I want them to feel how I feel when I play in them and not just the game of hockey. I love hockey, but there's so much more than the hockey. It's, it's the people it's coming out and, and being a part of something that's bigger than yourself with people that are just like you. And I, for me, cool. You come and play in the events. That's really great. But what I really love seeing is I like seeing these people connect in the BLPA and talk about the, the tournaments and plan when they're going to go to other tournaments together. I think that's rad and stuff. You know, so I don't just sit in an office and collect checks like other hockey providers. So for this guy, if messaging potential players on Facebook and social media is something that I have to do to exhaust every option that I have to do right by my family, then I'll do that. There was no offense meant by it. I don't even, I didn't even know this guy, but I talked to a lot of people I don't know every day and I definitely I definitely wouldn't have messaged if I had known that he harbored such strong feelings against what I do and how I do things. And so I just, if there's other people out there that listen, uh, I, I, I know that my ex company listens to my podcast to make sure, uh, you know, oh, they're going to sue me if I tell anything about the thing. But I know there's people that don't like me that listen to whatever. That's just the nature of the world. And it, I, my goal is not to offend, right? I'm just doing what I love and what I'm proud of. And I, I would hope that that you would understand that the grind, right? And the funny part, funny part about what this guy says, the grind, it's just, it just cracks me up. Like he's, he, he doesn't realize that this company that I was with used to make me go in other, other locker rooms uh, of other leagues and say, Hey, uh, why don't you come join our other league? This is why you should join our other league. So it's not like, like to think that no one else does it. Like, that's just, that's how you, that's how you market. That's how you cold calls like businesses do it every day they make cold calls and 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 try to get people to to come and, and join and do what they do so uh but my goal is never to offend uh my goal is to uh to do everything with you know respect and character and and out of love and that's where it comes from and and to get people to come out and experience what not only uh, myself and randy are creating but what everyone in the blpa is creating because uh we just kind of we're just kind of the, the head of the community we're not the drivers of it. Uh, the people in, in the community are the drivers. So, uh, but that's kind of, uh, the personal stuff that I've been going through. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anything else going, I mean, there's so much going on in the world of sports college football uh, is just starting. And I know this is a hockey show or a, okay. A sports show, but our group is mainly hockey, but man, do I love college football. It's what I was born on uh, college football and baseball. And I know a lot of people don't like baseball because it's too slow, but Man, college football is so fun. And who knows if it's going to change. It might change because they're starting to do uh, the thing where, where players can get paid off their likeness and stuff. And maybe that's only going to affect a certain amount of people that have a, a name and a likeness that can make money. But I mean, I just saw like a bunch of Oklahoma Sooners getting brand new cars, which is cool because a lot of these college football players have nothing. A lot of the college athletes have pots to don't even have pots to piss in right like i remember when i was playing college sports like luckily you know my dad had had dinner money you know i mean it wasn't it wasn't like i just had a whole bunch of money like i was practicing baseball from 1 p.m till 6 p.m um, on most days and so uh, college football especially at a d1 level probably way more time commitment so it's really good that these guys are but i hope it doesn't change i hope it doesn't change the game i mean i was just watching uh 
high school football on TV last night in my hotel. And it was uh, like uh, South Lake Carroll, Texas. And they had a quarterback that for that left high school early so he could go uh, go to school. I think is at the University of Texas so he could get paid to do it. And I, I hope that I, I mean, obviously, the world is about money. I get it. But I hope that doesn't lead itself into everything. And I hope it doesn't make, maybe it's just going to make college football a feeder league for the NFL. Maybe it already is. I don't know. But one thing I'm super stoked about is NCAA football on Xbox. Can't wait now that that's going to come out now that this kind of thing is kind of uh, going on. So other than that, like I said, big show today. Hopefully you guys will sign up for Lake Louise. Big announcement about Buffalo outdoor experience. We have three outdoor experiences now. We have Philly, Buffalo, Lake Louise. Those are going to be really, really sweet. You guys should check them out. Obviously, Iceland, we got one spot left. One spot open for Iceland. Uh, we got some pretty cool merch coming that way and a lot of other things on the go. Um, but anyway, uh, before we get into talking uh beauty pageants, which obviously, why would we not talk about beauty pageants on uh, the Beer League Player Association show, huh? I've been sitting around in the hotel with not much to do, so I've got to catch up on a lot of things like, I like music, I like listening to music, I like all music, I like Elvis, I like country, I like hip-hop, I like everything, and Kanye West's new album just came out, and the only reason I'm mentioning is because there was such a huge to-do about it. Uh, He was locked himself in what, the Atlanta Superdome, and recorded and finished it and then he was like i guess holding watch parties where he'd fill up a whole stadium and just stand on a stage and play a cd which was really really weird to me so i'm just curious as listeners of my show like what do you guys think of donda i'll give my opinions next week but i want to hear what you guys think Uh, i'm usually a huge fan of kanye and listening to this album it really it kind of made me like just think about like the evolution of artist and why they do what they do and maybe that gives away a little bit of what I thought of the album but I really like I was a huge fan of early Kanye this we'll talk about it next week just let me know like tweet me do something let me know what you guys uh, think about Donda if you're hip-hop fans uh, I'm just curious uh, to what other people think and if it mirrors the same opinion that I have if you're digging the show, support us. Patreon.com slash the BLPA. The most greatest. Hey guys, what's going on? I've got a special guest here today. I've connected with her on Instagram because uh, she has a lot of hockey photos and it turns out that she's actually Miss Vermont. And if you guys followed my trip in the summer, you saw that I went to Vermont. And so we kind of connected that way and started talking. I said, hey, Come on the show. Tell us about your hockey and uh, the pageant uh, series, how that stuff kind of works. I thought it would be interesting, uh, a side of stuff that uh, beer leaguers don't usually get to see. So with us today, we have Joanna Nagel. Joanna, how are you doing? Thanks for being here. I am doing great, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, my pleasure. Well, like I told everyone, I did say Miss Vermont, and I forgot maybe the most important thing is that you are also uh, an ACHA Division One hockey player. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your hockey history before we dive into uh, the pageant stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I have fallen in love with hockey from a young age. In Vermont, winter sports are all the rage. So of course, it's, it's very popular to get into one. I actually started as a figure skater, which was wild. But once my dad took me my first uh, 
first hockey game, I was absolutely hooked. Ended up playing ACHA D1 and having an absolute blast. I grew up in Vermont, so to be able to travel for hockey to places like Michigan, uh, Chicago, Virginia, we went all over the map. So for someone who stayed in college right by their hometown, it was a fantastic way to go meet other people. So my hockey career has taken me all sorts of ways, but now I coach and that that's also been fun as well. Uh, so let's hit on Vermont a little bit. I've been there. There's, there's a lot of trees there. That's, a, that's Vermont for me. It was just, I was like, God, there's so many stinking trees here. Whereabouts in Vermont? <laughs> like I, I only know like Montpelier is probably the one yeah. place everyone knows. And it's crazy. The reason I wanted to go to Vermont is because I was just talking to someone and they mentioned Vermont and I was like, you know what? I, I sometimes forget that Vermont's even a state until people mention it. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about Vermont? And then I have some Vermont questions for you that I found on the internet. <laughs> that would be great. So Vermont is in new England. It's very close to some major hockey capitals like Boston and the best part about it is definitely the winters. And a lot of people may have heard about the Pond Hockey Classic that happens in Mallet Bay in Vermont. And it's absolutely amazing. It's sold out within about a week of it opening up. And it really turns into a huge hockey community here, as well as a, a big skiing community. And it's, it gets cold, but... Uh, it's a it's a great place to play, uh, especially during the pandemic. I felt like I was out on a pond just about every day. You know, that's crazy because in Calgary, that's where I live now in, in Alberta. The, obviously, winter sports are a huge thing there. In in Calgary, they were running people off the outdoor rinks if you had more than a couple people together in the pandemic. So it was kind of it kind of was kind of a bummer to not be able to go to the outdoor rink and, and play any kind of shinny pickup because all the rinks were also closed. Like it was way different. I don't know how uh, Vermont was in the pandemic, but the rinks in Calgary were closed basically from, I think it was about April of 2020. They opened for a month in September and then closed back down until I think it was June or July of, of this year. So there wasn't very much hockey going on in Calgary. So uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on outdoor, like true, like not, the the mystique of outdoor hockey but do you like playing on a pond more than you like playing inside a rink I feel like I can get so much more creative when I'm on a pond like I'll try things that I've I've never thought of before like one of the rinks that I ended up playing on in a pandemic was a flooded basketball court and we ended up making up a game where we were trying to flip the puck into the hoop and that's something that you would never do on traditional ice so while, you know, my gear stays, you know, my blades are way better when I'm playing on a nice manicured indoor ice rink, the ability to get creative on anything that you flood in the winter is unmatched when you pair it to, you know, an indoor ice rink. It's almost like uh, when you're a little kid, really, because I remember when I was a young kid, Oklahoma, obviously we didn't have ice, but we would play like backyard baseball where obviously we only had three kids, so we couldn't play a full baseball game. So we just make up little games that we could play where we were, we were still playing the sport. And I think that's what a lot of people, um, 
don't really get when they live in the South and play hockey. Cause basically the only hockey you can play is you have to go to the rinks and play. And I always tell people you, you have to go outside on the ponds. Me personally, like the ice starts to suck after a little bit, like it gets big cracks, but there's just <laughs> nothing like there's nothing like just making up your own little mini games where you're not playing hockey, but you are playing hockey. And it's, it's weird. Like you see the kids that are out there playing and you're like, okay, I see where these people that can skate all winter, you know, have a, an edge up on, on hockey in the South because they just get to do those creative different things where they're, you know, doing like puck tricks and all that stuff that you can't do usually on an inside rink. So that's a, that's a good point that you brought that up. Exactly. I mean, that creativity piece is, is so big in hockey, and I feel like hockey as a whole has gotten so standardized that we kind of forget that fun, childlike creativity that you get on a pond. Exactly. Now, listen, I'm this is going to sound like I'm going to, I'm saying like, Oh, do you know this guy from Vermont? Because Vermont's so small, you should know everybody. I'm definitely not doing that. But when I first got into hockey, maybe a couple years after I got into hockey, cause I, I've only been playing it, uh, for, I, I guess nine or 10 years since I married a Canadian and she made me start playing, but there was a hockey YouTuber from Vermont and his name is Eric Schweer. Do you know this, this guy? <laughs> hilarious because i'm actually going on to his um his wedding reception on sunday holy so, moly yes. <laughs> that's insane okay so so i know eric I, I used to do another podcast when i was with another company and and his team uh was part of this thing called the westie to become the greatest beer league team in the world and they were in the top two and so that's like he just makes or he made i, I haven't really followed it in a long time but he used to make some of the most incredible incredible hockey footage and actually kind of yes. got me into like that content uh, thing. Like I went and got like a super duper like slow-mo camera because of some of his footage and I wanted to try to make that stuff. And so Eric is a good guy. So if you, if you, if you think about it and I know it's his wedding reception, but tell him Nick from the beer league podcast says, hi, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but that's crazy that you know him. <laughs> that's, Honestly, it's funny that you say, oh, like I'm not trying to pick on Vermont being a small state and for me to respond, oh, yeah, I'm going to his wedding on Sunday. And there it is. Yeah, that's crazy. eh? <laughs> yeah, there it is. So yep, stereotype is uh, continued. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do these questions before we start talking about uh, pageant work and how it kind of relates to back to hockey, because you are probably I would I would venture to say you're probably one of the first. What would you call them? Like Miss States? Like every state has a miss, right? Yes, okay. correct. So you're probably one of the few, if not only, Miss State that's like a uh, like a D Division I uh, hockey player, right? Yeah. I mean, from my research, I'm, I'm, it appears so. So I'm hoping to take that, that title. Well, here's <laughs> what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I've learned doing this media stuff. If you make a claim and nobody ever comes back and says, uh, no, that's not right, then it's just correct. So if you say... <laughs> I'm the only and no one ever corrects you, then it, it just happens. Right. So. Um, so, OK, the, I found these questions and Vermont is is a unique it's a unique place like it's different. It's not if yeah. you're if you're from like a big city, uh, you're going to go there and, and your mind's going to be blown driving around a state where there's just not much there. But then in the cities, like they're big cities, how close knit, like the people are that know each other. And, and one thing I did know, there was no bill. I didn't see any billboards in Vermont. I don't know if that's just, no. there's none. I've, I didn't see any, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So I, I went on and I was like, okay, I, I got to find some questions to ask Joanna that, uh, 
that that just Vermont people would know. So here's number one: Do you put maple syrup on everything? Not everything, but definitely all breakfast food. Okay, good one. Hey, do you know how many gallons of sap it takes to make uh, a thing of maple syrup? A gallon of maple syrup? I think that's what it is. Ooh. Ooh. My ex who was a maple sugar is going to be mad that I can't answer that. (laughs) It's it's 40. 40 gallons of sap. 40. Yep. 40. Yeah, that's d- something I'm going to need to remember. I took the tour and I, re- I, I retained these things and uh, I got to try all this good maple syrup. So uh, next one, what is a creamy? Ooh, a creamy is the best uh, summer treat. It is basically soft serve ice cream. Yes. And you can get maple dust sprinkled on the top. Yes. You can also get a maple twist. Which is just like maple ice cream twisted with vanilla ice cream. Yep. It's delicious. That's, I did have the maple twist with maple crumbles at this little, uh, I don't even remember which place I went to in, in uh, Vermont, but I, I, after driving around and seeing all the trees, I'm pretty sure every family, if they have a tree in their yard, they probably make their own maple syrup, right? Oh, absolutely. I had a neighbor knock on, knock on my door and ask if they could put a bucket on one of my trees. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it. Okay, the next exactly. one. Exactly. This is a weird one. This is a weird one. Uh, why do you have so many flannel shirts? Why do I have so many what? Flannel shirts. I didn't make the questions up. It flannel was shirts. Yes. Ooh. Um. Everyone here. I I don't know if this is the reason why, but there's a lot of farmland, and I feel like flannel shirts just work out well but also they're really good at keeping you warm and it's cold here like maybe 10 months out of the year okay when that that makes this next question just weird kind of the flip-flop why are you wearing a t-shirt in 30 degree weather (laughs) um we like to show off (laughs) (laughs) and again i didn't make i didn't make this list i didn't make this list i found it on the (laughs) internet so uh why are you always going to the farmer's market uh, that's just the best place to go. You see all your neighbors mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, all you the stuff talk. you can buy. My mom just had a whole pile of tomatoes back home. See, so. there you go. I got to go somewhere. What, what people don't, I, <laughs> I didn't really go to a farmer's market when I lived in Oklahoma, but in Calgary, they're a thing. And there's so much good, like fresh food at the farmer's market. Like, why would you go to a regular grocery store when you can go to a farmer's market? Exactly. And so. you get to see like awesome people while you do it. Have you ever seen a moose? I have seen a moose, mm. and it was shocking. I was not ready for how giant those things are, but you, dang. Yeah, you know what? You want to know what's crazy uh, about uh, wild animals like moose and elk? Like, I live, you know, outside of the Rocky Mountains about an hour, and tourists come up, and they get so close to those things and try to take photos of them, and I'm like, do you not know? Like, these are wild <laughs> animals. They, they will kill you. They, will, they, they don't care. Oh yeah, they're they're scary. I would never go anywhere near those things. And I would I would imagine tourist is pre- tourism is pretty big in Vermont. So you've probably seen that too. Like side of the road, there's a there's a moose and people pull over and try to take photos. It's absolutely asinine. What? Oh yeah, what, I don't I don't understand. What's a flatlander? <laughs> a flatlander is used to describe anyone who is not from the New England area. So um, typically it's to talk about people that transplant here. We're very proud people. Okay. <laughs> we like when people have been around 
we know them, we see them at the farmer's market, <laughs> <laughs> for example. Um, you know, it's it's our way to, to kind of talk trash. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Have you tried every Ben & Jerry's flavor? I have tried a ton of Ben & Jerry's flavors. I actually had a friend in high school whose dad was one of the people that actually made new flavors at Ben and Jerry's, which is like (laughs) how small and close knit Vermont is. And we actually, our, our senior class had their own Ben and Jerry's flavor that we decided from a survey. Oh, oh, Um, that's pretty cool. What was the flavor? Oh yeah. It was, uh, I forget what they called it, but it was a mix of different things. I think there was cookie dough involved. There was chocolate fish involved. It was basically the product of the survey that we all took. It was awesome. Crazy. Awesome. What's your opinion on leaf peepers? Ooh, yeah. When you said tourism, my my first thought went to the leaf peepers. <laughs> um, it, I don't mind it just because they support all our small businesses and all of that. But when I'm trying to go on a hike and I just want to see the leaves and there's this really great spot at the top of the mountain that I want to sit on and there's, you know, a bunch of tourists there. It's not as fun then. yeah so leaf peepers are obviously people that come whenever the the leaves change colors right yes awesome okay again i did not make this list so this question is weird to me and i was like okay it's weird that this question is here it's so like out there but not out there but obviously it's on this list for a reason so i'm going to find out do you all do you always swim in the nude no, actually, that's an interesting one. Like I don't like. I've it, never heard that. Is there a lot of like nude beaches around Vermont? Like that's why it seems so weird and out of place to me that I was like, okay, well, I ha- there was twenty questions and I pulled thirteen. And I was like, that one seems weird. I'll see if she knows anything about it. That's interesting. Yeah, if there's if there's any around here, I definitely don't know. That. Well, that's a, that's an interesting question. So I mean, we're known to be one with the nature, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's you know a bunch of people in Vermont, but. <laughs> maybe I mean that's a new one yeah there was a hippie question earlier so maybe that ties in there but I just saw I'm like that's a weird question very likely yeah. uh what what is a cider donut Ooh, cider donuts is oh my god they're so good it's like the best donut ever it's just so much cinnamon that you almost like want to cough but it goes so well with maple um um apple cider a whole bunch of different farms around here will serve cider donuts with maple, um, maple apple cider, and it's so good. It's like one of the best things in the fall around here. Well, I'm very bummed that you did not tell. I love donuts, and you did not tell. When I reached out to you and said, <laughs> hey, tell me about Vermont. I'm going to go there. And you did, you, you did mention like a bunch of the other stuff, but not cider donut. And I would have I would have went down on cider donuts like nobody's business. And so now, now, but now I have a reason to come back because now I have to have a cider exactly. donut. Exactly. I can't tell you all the secrets in one go. That's, or that's smart. Back. That's smart. That's smart. Exactly. Uh, can, can you say Vermont for me? Vermont. Okay. That's weird. The next question I said, is. I said it, I said it with the T. Though. Yeah. That's the next question is why don't you pronounce the T in Vermont? Uh, and so I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that that was a thing. So apparently sometimes yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. It's a thing. So Vermont. I, I usually don't say with a T. There's also a town called Milton with a T, but no one says the T. So it's Milton instead of Milton. Um, okay. I'm not really sure why that is. 
That's... Um, Montpelier, I usually don't say the T in either. Yeah, Mon- it's, Montpelier. It's a weird little thing. Yeah, weird. That is strange. <laughs> it's, I think it's every, like, I'm from Oklahoma, and, like, we, we say things a lot different, like, uh, like what's on the top of the house, and I'll say roof. You know, and people are like, what, what's, what's that? And uh, sometimes like I'll catch myself when I'm drinking, I get back into like, instead of cement, I'll say cement and uh, stuff like that. And so like there's a town in Oklahoma, it's, it's spelled just like the town in Florida, Miami, but we call it Miami. And so uh, same thing. So is there actually a lake monster? Yes. His name is Champ. <laughs> uh, so he what, exists. What's the story? Like, I'm convinced. What's the story with the lake monster? <laughs> it's been like a constant folklore tale around Vermont that there is a giant sea monster in Lake Champlain, <laughs> and that its name is Champ. Okay. And um, yeah, everyone—it's been a constant folklore thing, and honestly, it's a pretty deep lake. I, I would believe it if there was something there. I think it started from a fossil and kind of turned into a, a mm. local fairy tale. Yeah. I, that's I, like, I, I even like my family had a lake house growing up. So I spent a lot of time at the lake and like going to ocean vacations and I, I love it, but I hate the water because of, because of things like this, because it's so deep. You don't know what's down there and you just the un, unease of stuff. So I, I try to stay away from deep lake. So I might not go, uh, you say champ is his name. Yes, that is his name. I will not go champ hunting next time I come to Vermont, <laughs> uh, but uh, good to know. Good to know, because if I would have just went out on Lake Champlain and I saw this thing, it would have freaked me out. But now I know just to avoid the lake altogether in Vermont. Last question, would you ever leave Vermont? So I actually, I did leave Vermont for about three or four years to go explore some new career opportunities the thing about it is, yes, I'll leave Vermont, but I will always come back, which I'm currently doing. Awesome. Okay. Well, last thing about uh, Vermont for this for this podcast, uh, why don't you tell everyone why they should come and visit Vermont? Well, one, for the listeners of your podcast who are probably all hockey players, you should definitely visit Vermont for the hockey. The hockey in the winter is just as great as some of the other northern states like minnesota and michigan we have fantastic lakes the pond hockey is fantastic the people who want to hang out after the game are also just as great and they're all you know a little crazy and fun and and they're a good group of people that just love the sport so it is a great place to be and from my experience the people in vermont they do play a lot of hockey and since there's not much else to do besides do these sports, uh, there's not much else to do besides drink beer either. So there's a lot of beer drinking going on in Vermont. Yeah, and we have a lot of really awesome local breweries that have kind of popped up as well. And there's a lot of teams that will go to them after if they don't have someone who you know owns it on the team. <laughs> nice. Well... I, I didn't have one when I was there, but I'm sure there's a maple beer there somewhere. And that's uh, so ma- maple beer and cider donut and avoiding the, the lake monster are on my next uh, list to do in, in Vermont. There so you go. let's talk about pageants, which is what what interested me about uh, chatting uh, with you uh, because you are a hockey player and you also have this this other side of things that we don't we don't normally think about or get to get to get, be a part of just just because we're we're beer leaders right it's not something unless you have a daughter uh, that I guess do get do boys are there pageants for boys like would sons compete in pageants 
I believe there are. I, I don't know of any locally, but I've definitely heard of them. Okay, I'm just curious. So that's why I wanted to talk to you uh, about this stuff. So why don't you tell a little bit of people, uh, like just how you gave me kind of the Coles notes of your pageant stuff. Why don't you give us a little intro into your, the pageant world for yourself? Yeah, so I entered this crazy world of pageantry back when I was 21, about six years ago, just because I... I got challenged by my sister who was also an athlete and you know she said Joanna you should do this and I kind of said hey I'm a, I'm a hockey player why do you want me to do this and her response was I want to see someone who plays hockey also do this like I think that would be cool for me as an athlete and uh I mean we all know that hockey players will if challenged they will take it mm-hmm. so I I did and uh, I ended up loving it I ended up competing every year for the past six years and Finally, on my third try for Miss Vermont and my fifth try for the Miss USA system, I ended up winning the title of Miss Vermont USA, which um, obviously means a lot to me, but also puts me in a a very rare position where I'm now either one of the first or the first hockey players to be on the Miss USA stage. Let's just let's just say it's the first. You're the first first hockey player. (laughs) And so what like what like. How, how do you win a pageant? Like, what are, what are they judging you on? And, and like, what's the process to, like, get ready? Because here's what's crazy is I I used to uh, play ball with this. My friend, his name was John, and his mom trained uh, pageant ladies. Like, the thing is, is, like, they, they had, like, 10 kids, and John was the oldest. And I can remember we always wanted to go to John's house because we were obviously teenage boys. And the pageant, like, how they would pay – uh, Miss Renault is uh, they would they would work in the house so we wanted to hang around the beauty models obviously uh, but I remember just being like what like train for a beauty pageant like what like what does that mean like what what even goes into a beauty pageant so can you speak to a little bit of that yeah so there's three stages of competition the first and most important is interview and it's closed door and basically there's a panel of judges from all walks of life. Um, For example, I had one that was an endurance racer, one that was a local um, news reporter, and one that was a pageant photographer. And they basically have a paperwork sheet about you, and they will rapid fire throw questions at you. They could either be about you, they could be about politics, anything under the sun is, is available to them. And you have to basically respond in Um, a manner that is both very much confidently yourself as well as something that is intelligent. And that's a huge part of it is to just have the brains to go out in the world after you win the crown and be able to show up at appearances and all of that and be able to speak eloquently. But then there's two other stages of competition that are much more beauty focused. And one is um, evening gown competition, which is you pick an evening gown that basically suits your style um, and you can be yourself in and you walk a stage, which honestly the first time I did it was a little awkward, but you learn to to grow into it and it, it honestly is great. But then the thing that most people think of beauty pageants for is the swimsuit competition, mm-hmm. which is actually, you know, the, the fitness competition. And a lot of people struggle with that concept but there really is nothing more you know crazy and confident boosting than stepping on stage in a bikini 
because it takes a lot to train for that. I mean, a lot. So, um, yeah, those are the three stages of competition. It's, it's fitness, it's elegance and evening wear and interview, which is very much focused on brains. So I, I know you, you said you've only been doing it for six years, but the, like the question I posed to you, just like with everything that's kind of going on in this world and like the equality, the push for equality and the cancel culture and all that stuff, like how, like how, how do pageants fit in there? Because in my mind, like when I, when I see all this stuff on TV and, and, you know, women, you know, reaching and, and wanting equality, it seems like a pageant where they, they judge your looks uh, would be something that, w- that would be infuriating for a lot of people. Is that the case? And if so, like, w- why, why should it not be the case? And if it's not, then cool. <laughs> that is a fantastic question. And I think that it all comes down to how pageants, beauty pageants have been historically portrayed. Mm-hmm. They've been, you know, women who... I mean, in in the media, you see it all the time. They're women who only care about their looks and are very self-centered. But through competing in pageants, I've met some absolutely amazing women. They've been lawyers. They've been doctors. They've been firefighters. They've been endurance runners. They've been some of the craziest, coolest, most productive to society women. And that's why that whole interview piece has become so important. Because as these women keep winning pageants, whether it's a hockey player, someone who's in the U.S. Army, it starts to change that perspective that it's all about outward beauty. When really it all boils down to who are you as a person? Are you cool? Are you someone inspiring? Are you someone that's going to convince other women that beauty pageants are a great way to grow as a person? And me personally, before I started competing in pageants, I was super shy. I would never have picked up the phone for an interview like this. Um, All of that kind of stuff. And I've never, you know, had that level of confidence until I started competing in pageants where you literally train yourself for situations where you, you might be uncomfortable or situations where, you know, you need to be more confident in yourself. There is nothing more confidence boosting than competing in a pageant, which is something that I don't think a lot of the world understands. Yeah. I mean, cause like you, like you said, and like, like I told you and we kind of were doing like some pre-talk is that, you know, the only thing I know about pageants is, you know, toddlers and tiaras and I don't, I didn't watch the show, <laughs> but I, you, obviously you saw a bunch of that stuff. And then you think about through history, like you always see, Oh, it's, you know, Miss universe. And you see like, you know, swimsuits and you think that's all it's about. But uh, what I really like that you told me whenever I asked you kind of, you know, kind of give me some bullet points about pageants and so I can kind of have some talking points and something that I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, in anything. And I, and I, I firmly believe that if anyone, anyone has a chance to kind of have a platform to do anything that they should use it to try to make a world, uh, the world a better place and, and do whatever they can, you know, to spread kindness and love and, and all that stuff. And so what I really liked when you told me is like, uh, what I'm hoping to do is I want to use my reign to bring light to the shortages of female coaches and hockey players. And I think that's really important in the game today. Me coming from a place where the game is not big, but I can start to see it kind of uh, growing and picking up speed. Uh, and being a guy, like you just, you don't see very many female players in the game anywhere, but especially in the South. So tell me how you think you can use your reign to promote uh, the, not only the sport of hockey, but to get more females into playing and coaching 
Yeah, the biggest thing is that representation matters. For me to be out in the community talking about ice hockey and to change society's view that ice hockey players, especially female ice hockey players, are supposed to look a certain way. And I get a lot of people that will be like, oh, you know, you don't look like a pageant girl when I'm wearing hockey gear and then vice versa when I'm, you know, full pageant glam up. People are like, hey, you don't look like a hockey player. And it really comes down to society as a whole, not really understanding what either of those norms should look like. And for me to be out talking about this, for me to talk to local schools, local colleges about my experience, both as a hockey player and a pageant contender, has opened up not only the hockey world to the pageant world, but vice versa. The pageant world has also, you know, started to see and understand what hockey is, the hockey world and the opportunities for women that are out there, which has been absolutely fantastic. And something that I've seen a lot is that the women's game is is growing pretty fast. We've seen the NWHL do fantastically over the last year and honestly for the last few years, but we haven't seen female coaches move at the same rate. So my hope is to continue talking about how important it is for female coaches, for people who are interested in coaching, to start coaching if they're interested and creating those opportunities, starting a mentorship network between existing coaches and current female hockey players so we can grow the leadership position at the same rate as the sport. Mm -hmm. Because something I've realized in coaching youth hockey is that a lot of girls will quit because they don't have that female role model growing with them throughout the game. Yeah, it's 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 nuts, and it's not something everyone says. Oh, we got to get more females in the game. Oh, we got to get more fe, and we do need to get more females in the game. But you're right; like you're 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 not going to get as many females if the females don't have other females to to bring them into the game. And it's I, I it's just it's it's a weird simple thing that's often overlooked. And I know so many female hockey players that are so ultra talented, and they're it, it's crazy insane, and they don't coach. They just do their own thing, and you're like, why? Like, I don't understand why you don't coach, and I've never got a chance to ask them. I don't know what the barriers are into coaching. I know there's a lot of uh, time constraints. Like, I think you were just at some seminar uh, for level five coaches or referees just uh, this past week. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, h- how how can females get into coaching? Like, is is there a resource out there where if because we, we do have a lot of females in the beer league players association, and if they're interested in coaching or being involved in growing the females game, are there any resources out there that you know of that you can share? Yeah. And actually my, my answer might surprise some people, but if you look at the bulk of existing coaches, they are white males and probably a lot of the beer league players association is also, and it's actually on, on them as well to want to mentor and sponsor these women. Like you said, you know, you know, a lot of these women that Mm -hmm. are talented a lot of other male ice hockey coaches also know those kind of women. And it comes down to ask them, ask them to be involved, bring them under your wing, show them the ropes because women as a whole, we have this level of imposter syndrome where we feel like we can't do it, even if we are super talented. And it comes down to someone being like, Hey, you know, come out for a practice, come help me coach where that gets the wheels turning. And that's what really gets people interested. Even myself and almost every female coach that I've talked to has had a male coach sponsor them their first couple of years where they basically 
show them the ropes. They show them what they do for practice. They allow you to have more responsibilities at practice. It takes everybody. So not only do women need to be ready for those opportunities, men need to also be willing to give them up as well. That, that, that's an interesting, and I'm not a coach, like I don't have the skill level to coach, but it's interesting that, 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 that needs to happen. And, and you're right, it does need to happen. And there are a lot of, uh, white male, uh, players in the beer league players association. I would venture to, again, this isn't a knock on the BLPA, but I would venture to guess that there's not a lot of, uh, ultra talented hockey players that are at that coaching level. But, uh, I, I guess another way, like if a female is interested, that's, that's listening, uh, to the show, uh, is that I'm, I'm sure they could reach out to their local USA hockey too, and kind of, uh, help kind of guide them along into the right direction. If, if coaching is something that they've ever thought they've wanted to do. Absolutely. And I mean, I am not the most talented hockey player, but you don't need to be the most talented and you don't need to have, you know, the most, the biggest love of hockey in the world. As long as you want to further the sport and you have a passion for growing the sport, you are good enough to be a coach. So to any female that's listening, you know, you're able to do these things. Just go out and search for those opportunities. There are, you know, tons of organizations that are looking for female coaches. Yes. And to, to further your point of you don't have to be the most skilled, a little story uh, from my experience. I was a, an oil and gas guy when I lived in the States and I would travel around do landman stuff. And when I first started playing hockey, I got shipped out to Dodge City, Kansas. Uh, there's not much in Dodge City, Kansas, but they had they had like this this uh, event center that they had. They were trying to get a junior team. And so they had uh, they had hockey, uh, hockey going in there and there was a guy that said I love the game I'm going to organize something I'm going to get people out to play and I'm going to practice and teach some kids and I went out there and the guy couldn't skate he, he, he couldn't skate like he would not even put on skates and get on the ice but he also grew a, a program in Dodge City Kansas from nothing to something just by wanting to further the sport so you don't even have to be able uh, to, to possess all those skills if you want to help and you want to grow the game and you can commit to it, there's there's ways for you to get involved. So I, I thank you for bringing that uh, to my attention because that's a point that, like, I, I, I live and breathe hockey every day, and I don't even think about that stuff all the time. So uh, very interesting to hear that. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about pageant-wise uh, to bring to the attention? Is there anything that you think is important uh, that we haven't covered that you would like our listeners to, to hear? Well, the most important is that you should definitely all support me in November when I compete for Miss USA. Very excited for that. I'll definitely bring some uh, hockey flair to it. But other than that, I just hope that everyone that's listening thinks of pageants in a different light and thinks of, you know, female coaches and bringing them on board in a whole new way as well. Okay, and we we didn't talk about this. So you, you're Miss Vermont, and now you go to Miss USA to try to be the Miss USA. And so exactly. So I mean, what, where? Because I know right now you're. You, it seems like I'm following your Instagram. Uh, we'll share that as well, uh, so people can follow you. But uh, like you're out and about, and you're doing things. Uh, I guess that are your duties with being a, a Miss Vermont. Like what's the like what's the duties and the the leading up to like Miss USA? Like, is it the same thing when you go to Miss USA? It's an interview, it's nightgown, it's fitness. And then they just pick from, I guess it's 50. Well, there's probably more than 50 now with like uh, all the different like little places now. But is that kind of, it's the same process all over again that you did in Vermont, but 
just with all the winners? Yeah, so it's it's definitely on a grander scale because all, all 50 states plus D.C. will be competing, and it's basically the best of each state showing up and, and doing the same things, evening, gown, um, swimsuit, and um, interview. So all of the same things still apply. It's just on a grander scale. It's going to be nationally televised on FYI in November. And we also, in the next, I believe, 20 days, are all being shipped off to Cancun to film the promos for it and um, headshots for it as well, which is very exciting. I've never been, so I'm looking forward to it. So do you feel better knowing? Like when when you're up there with all 50, I guess 51, do they not have like Puerto Rico, like territories either? But anyway, when you're up there with all of the other, other people, does it feel good knowing that if a fight broke out, like you would probably be able to win because of your hockey background? I really, truly hope a fight doesn't break no, out. No, uh, hypothetically, um, <laughs> a, a hypothetical <laughs> hockey fight. So, I mean. Oh, if, if it's on skates, I, I think I could hold my mm-hmm. own. <laughs> hey, the, the talent portion, there you go. Like just the <laughs> hockey. Hey, and so now that we're in pageants, like we could, in theory, you and I, we could create like a Mr. and Mrs. Beer League pageant and crown a winner and that could be the thing like there could be like hockey fights like you know chirp contest obviously beer chugging is important in beer league uh so as we transition out of the actual uh, pageant stuff tell us a little bit about your 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 beer league experience in vermont yeah so my dad brought me onto his beer league team uh when i was about 16 and what was really hilarious was you know they'd have gatorades in the cooler for me and um, that's kind of where it all started was with my dad. And as I grew up, I continued to play uh, men's league with my dad and met a ton of really awesome people along the way. We all ended up going to a bunch of tournaments together, seeing new states. Um, I've done a couple of the Can-Am tournaments. I've done a couple of um, uh, the Hockey Fights MS tournaments. And there's a whole bunch of local tournaments that have been going on all, all throughout New England, whether it's indoor or outdoor. And it's, it's not only a great way to meet awesome people, because I did move to Maryland for a while, and that's how I met almost all my friends there. Um, I, I'm sure you've been to the Gardens Ice Arena. I'm going um, next weekend. Over in Laurel, Maryland. Next week. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, next week. I, and obviously I was there for the BLPA Bash, which was when we were kind of chatting and, and all that stuff, and it, you got a little FOMO. and. I bet you'll get FOMO with our draft experience where we make our teams buy beer chugging contest and then play five games. Um, So let me, you're still playing beer league in Vermont. I have to ask if your team is like this, because there's, there's a couple of ways females are treated in the co-ed beer league game. And a lot of it has to do uh, maybe, maybe not negative wise, but uh, what I find is there are like, there's the teams that are, that are cool that have the female players and they just, you know, they just play hockey, but then there's the teams that have the female players and like the dudes on the team are like ultra super protective of the female. And whenever you just even get near them and you know, hockey's a contact game. So if you're playing the puck, you know, sometimes you bump shoulders and stuff. And if you do that to the female, the guys get pissed off and try to fight you. Are, is your team in the cool aspect or are they still on the, Hey, we have to protect Joanna. <laughs> oh man. My team, my team is definitely in the, the cool aspect of they'll let me and my, my roommate, Nicole do, whatever we want uh on the ice and and they'll be like yeah they can hold their own because you know we've we've played for a long time 
And we definitely can. And that's the, the great thing about Vermont is I haven't met too many of those people in Maryland. Definitely. Um, there were those people on, on teams, but Vermont is, is a lot cooler in that aspect of, you know, honestly, I feel like I'll probably be the, the third person in on, on <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm a little more protective of, of the older guys on my team than I think they are of me. <laughs> nice. I, my last team in Calgary, uh, we, we had a girl and she played uh, in the NWHL and then she went over and played uh, Russia and we were like a mid-level beer league team. So the only reason this girl was on our team is because her husband was brand new to hockey and he had like, he was a long snapper in the uh, Canadian football league. And so he's, she's like, he's athletic. So I don't want him to play beginner. I want him to play mid-level. So I figure I'll play mid-level and then we'll cancel each other out. And she said like, <laughs> If, if a guy hits me, if he does, don't do anything. She's like, I'm better than half these guys out here. I'll skate around them the next time and I'll make them look silly. So we're like, all right, Britt, do like, do your thing. And she was serious. Like if anyone ever like tried to take a, a, a run at her or something, she just made them look silly because she'd go and put one in the back of the net. So it was, uh, we were just like, all right, Britt, you're, you're better than us. So nothing we can do to, to help you. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, have you, do you have any, any weird stories? Like I always hear like girls talking about, you know, guys that try to, uh, give them pickup lines on the ice. Have you heard any uh, crazy pickup lines or chirps being a female? Oh man, I've definitely heard a lot of them, but one of the, the funnier moments was I kind of accidentally, but maybe, maybe on purpose, open ice hit a dude um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a beer league game right in front of his bench. And, um, he took a second to get up and on the next face off, he came up to me and he's like, dude, you didn't need to, you didn't need to do that in front of all my friends. Like they're going to make fun of me. And, uh, I ended up joking around with him. I was like, I'm sorry. Like I'll, I'll get you a beer from my locker room after if they don't let you have one for, for being such a sissy. And, um, that was, that was probably, probably one of the, the better moments that I've had. Um, but yeah, the, the the pickup lines happen happen often. You learn to just brush them off and move on. Okay, for for a PSA for all all the the male beer leaguers listening, do those pickup lines ever work? No, they've never worked. <laughs> there you go, boys. So what I'm te- what I'm trying to get at you, boys, is hey, you know what? You can try those pickup lines, but you just look silly because they're not going to work. Yeah, I mean, if if you want to be the subject of of the next woman locker room story then then go right ahead but if if you want to make something happen no (laughs) yeah perfect so all right Jonah. well thank you very much for joining us i really appreciate it and one i i wish you like a ton of luck. Obviously you're going to have the BLPA behind you with uh, Miss USA because we want hockey people in, uh, in, in, I guess I, I want to say position of power, but maybe just uh, at the top of uh, their fields everywhere. We want hockey people there so we can, you know, spread the love of the game and grow the game. And can you tell everyone where they can kind of find you and follow along with uh, your, your story? Yeah, absolutely. So follow me anywhere, Facebook or Instagram. I'm at Miss VT USA. And uh, I'll definitely be posting as much hockey content as possible. So be sure to give a follow. And if she wins, we're all going to Vermont to play in the celebratory uh, shinny and have creamies. (laughs) Absolutely. The creamies are essential. They're all going to be maple. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I wish you good luck. And uh, obviously we're, we got your back and we're behind you. So good luck. Thank you so much, Nick. All right. That was Joanna, former ACHA Div 1 player at the University of Vermont and current 
Miss Vermont going for Miss USA. So we, we got to support them. We got to. Hockey players doing things. We want hockey players in positions of influence so we can have other people love our game. So support Joanna. Go follow her. Hit her up. Like she'll probably talk to you about things if you have questions about the interview. Uh, she'll she'll answer questions. But a very noble uh, using her platform uh, to do something great in hockey. And that's uh, promote hockey uh, to more females because we do need more females in the game. So other than that, that's about it for this week. Uh, I'm traveling to D.C. next week. Well, I guess this week. And uh, we have a D.C. draft experience. I've had zero symptoms, so I get to only quarantine for 10 days and I can get back out. I don't know if I'll be playing or not, but I will be there. And then the week after that, we're in Nashville, sold out. Week after that, Cincinnati. Week after that, Charleston. Both of those have spots. Let's get those filled up. And then we got a couple weeks off, and then we're in Austin, and then we're in uh, Vegas for a BLPA bash. Still need some teams. Let's go. But anyway, that's it for the BLPA Big Show. Hey, do us a favor. Give us a review. Give us a like. Give us a share. I mean, you're trying to win these badass jerseys, so I know you'll share. But why don't you give us a review? Just talk about how awesome the BLPA is in the review. That would be great. Other than that, guys, be good or be good at it.